Well, hello and welcome back to the DC UK podcast. This is season five and it is episode 10. And as always, I'm your host, James Graham. Uh, Today is a bit of a somber podcast after the last couple where we've been winning games and having some good times. And unfortunately, it all came to a halt last weekend against Cincinnati. And unfortunately, it continued on midweek against the Red Bulls. But, you know, we move on. Um, But as always, we'll need to break it down, look ahead to the game this weekend against Nashville. And, you know, and take some questions and so if you've got any questions please do feel free to drop them in the chat and i will answer them on the show um i've had uh a mess a question sent in so if you do want to add to that please do um but you know as always i say as always um trying to get back into it um we're going to do some trivia times so for the first question of the episode, and probably the only question of the episode, um, and as I mentioned, we are playing Nashville this weekend, and the questions are usually themed around who we're going to be playing. So this week's question is, who scored the first MLS goal for DC United against Nashville? Who scored the first MLS goal for DC United against Nashville? Interesting question, but if you've got any thoughts um, as to who that would be, let me know, and we will answer that at the end of the show. Um, so, moving on to the actual bit of the podcast. So, we've got some new stuff. Um, only a couple of bits. Um, one, one announcement, uh, personally, and then one club-related. So, let's roll the VT. So, news. Um, Club-wise, we have Wayne Rooney has has announced that in the press conference this week that uh, we're expecting Hannah Jose to be back with the team next week. Not this week, so next week. Uh, Basically, if you don't know, um, he unfortunately was arrested um, and detained in Stockholm when he went back to Sweden to recover from his injury uh, for alleged assaults. Um, so he's been released from that and he should be coming back as to if or when or anything that happens from these uh, charges well I'll obviously let you know but um, as it stands now he'll be back next week and hopefully recovering very soon and he can get back on the pitch Um, interesting to see what you guys think about JZ right now after the allegations Um, do you think he's deserving of a place back in the team or do you reckon he should be sat out for a while um, whilst things simmer down um, and things blow over or how would you play it Um, there's obviously the saying that's uh, innocent until proven guilty Um, and and these are alleged assaults Uh, we don't know if these are true Um, we hope um, that they aren't true and in a way, well, it's difficult to say. I don't want to go down one particular path and say one thing and I regret that later. So um, I'm just going to keep quiet on that one, I think. Best left unsaid uh, from my perspective. But I just hope that things turn out for the best. That's probably the best way I can say it. Um, so, yeah, so there's that bit of news. But then on a personal level... Um, well, one, looks like we're going to be getting a dog. So there'll be a new puppy in the household. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but also, podcast-wise, uh, we will have a guest joining us um, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Claudia Bagan will be joining the show. Uh, it be great to have her back on the show. Um, if you've not seen her on the, on the podcast, 
the, she's been on a couple of times previously. Always a great laugh. Bubbly, a lot of fun. So I'm pleased that she will be coming back on. Uh, so that will be very, very soon. So please make sure you subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the podcast um, so you get to know when that happens. If you're watching on YouTube, you've got this little bell thing, notification bell. Just click that. Um, that'll let you know as soon as I start going live and stuff like that. So please do that. Um, and whilst you're there, whilst you're on that, um, if you are watching on YouTube, just give it a little little like. Obviously, that always helps. And if you're listening to this um, podcast on Apple Podcast or anywhere that you can leave a review, please do leave a review. Um, as soon as any are left on there, if you are leaving just a five-star, brilliant, love it. If you want to leave an actual written review as well, I'll go through them. Um, if they are constructive, I'll take that on board. If you just want to praise um, as well, I'm not going to argue about that. What can I say? Uh, so, yeah. That's literally this week's news. So, uh, you know, uh, let's go back to uh, the VT. So, it's time to look at the game last weekend. Uh, the league fixture against Cincinnati. I won't be going through the cup game or that we played on Tuesday night. I do have a couple of thoughts about it, uh, but I won't be going into that into any detail because unfortunately I didn't watch the game. Um, I It was midweek and as you know, I do stay up late for these games and staying up late for a midweek game just really isn't all that feasible. So yeah, I didn't watch that particular game at all. So yeah, won't be staying won't be going through that one too much. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati, uh, we played them last weekend at TQL where we were unbeaten. Um, I feel like that was a kiss of death when I mentioned that on last week's podcast. And yeah, we got beat. So yeah, that was that. Uh, I don't think it was a... There was some good positive aspects from that game. Uh, we played some really good soccer. Uh, but then there was times where it was, there were momentary lapses in concentration and that cost us dearly. Um, so yeah, uh, I think the first half we played really well, um, especially towards the end of the half as well. We were really hammering home and getting the opportunities and I know Ben Taki had a couple, Lewis O'Brien had one and it just looked like we were, we were going to make the breakthrough and I think we just... Uh, we just ended up running out of time in the first half because we had, I think it was five minutes of added time. And, and yeah, we just needed that an extra five minutes, I think, and we could have broken the deadlock. But their keeper played, made some really good saves. He was, yeah, he was very, very good. And it's just a shame because, like I said, I think we were almost there. And if we were able to get that first goal, we were, I think we would have really gone on to score a couple more and would have beaten Cincinnati quite well. Noticed in the first half, uh, we were frustrating Lucio Costa a heck of a lot. He was getting angry, rattled, um, picked up a booking. And yeah, you could see he was dropping, and I mentioned this on the podcast last week, one of my keys to getting a result against Cincinnati was to frustrate him. Because when that happens, you see him dropping deeper and deeper and deeper to try and get the ball and do something. And he's just not effective from that uh, from that deep position. So, yeah, I think the first half, we should look at that in a real positive light. Um, and on another day, we could have had a goal or two. And I think we would have been okay. It was just, yeah, on that day, the keeper made some really good saves. So you've got to give credit where credit is due there. Um but yeah, we just weren't able to take any of our chances that came our way. But then in the second half, I think we could have done a heck of a lot better, um, especially in the sort of the first 15, 20 minutes of that for, of that second half. Because the big call and the big decision was on that corner where Lucio Costa scored directly from that corner. Paulson decided to go man mark when he should have been on that near post. Uh, 
covering that area. And I think Acosta was very clever in seeing that there was that gap there and fair play to him, managed to find that gap and get that goal. Um, 99 times out of 100, he probably wouldn't have got that on target and it wouldn't have gone in. But unfortunately on this occasion, he got it, it went in and he's got the goal. Paulson should take a lot of responsibility on that, I think, um, for leaving that area and giving that opportunity up. You should never leave the front post unmarked. It's one of the, it's just a, it's a basic thing, schoolboy thing. You never leave. I mean, the back post I've seen left by multiple teams in the past, usually it doesn't end well, but that's what I've seen there. And yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. So I was very disappointed by that one. Very frustrated. And more importantly, I was frustrated by the coverage as well of the game um, because the amount of times that they were just going to replay. So you didn't, we didn't see this goal live. Um, and we saw another bit of play as well um, where I think we had a, we had an attack. Uh, we didn't, we heard the commentators happening, but there was no cameras on it. And it's just like, those little things need to improve. Um, but again, this is first season for MLS uh, and Apple TV is together. And uh, on a whole, it's been good. But that's something else entirely. Um, the second goal, that Cincinnati's goal, Barrial, was a great strike, don't get me wrong. But again, it was positioning that let us down. And Tyler Miller, unfortunately, was leaving a huge gap at that near post. Um, and Barrial just had to get the shot on target and it went in. Um, I think Miller was probably caught in two minds as to whether to go to one side or to cover a potential cross or or what. But yeah, he left his near post wide open. Barrial put, put some, just put some power behind it. And yeah, it went in. So... Again, so that to me, that's two near post things that we really lacked upon that we should have done better with. So Paulson for the first one, Miller for the second one. But again, on the flip side on that one um, is we didn't stop attacking. I really enjoyed that. I think we looked to get ourselves back into the game and we looked like that we were wanting it. And we've seen that throughout this season so far, the never say die attitude where in the past we would have gone one nil down and we would just hunkered down and that would have been it. We wouldn't have, we'd lack the confidence to get back into the game and we would have gone two nil down so on and so forth. But so far this season, we've gone a goal down or two goals down and we still go for another, go for a, at least a consolation or something to get out of the game. And we saw that at the weekend. Uh, Taxi got a goal in the 90th minute from a corner set piece. He was free at the back post and was able just to tap it home. Um, that's his second goal in in two games. Really happy to see him starting to hit back a little bit of form. And, you know, I can't argue with that. I do like seeing us continue right to the very end and long may that continue. I hope you guys are happy with that as well because I know there's a lot of frustrations over the years gone by where, yeah, we just, we were happy to play for the draw or if we were to go, if we were getting beat, then limit on how much we were going to get beat by rather than trying and attempt to get something out of it. So yeah, I'm happy that we, are doing that and we're trying to get something out of it. So I think he starts from, from the game at the weekend. So we had 54% of the possession, got 54.1 to be exact, which is unusual uh, for us at the moment. Um, we've not had that amount of possession for a while. Uh, Pamit's 53, just saying we were really sloppy in midfield. We have to take care of the ball. Um, that's something that I actually didn't didn't look at in particular. So I'm just going to have a quick look at 
the stats from our possession. Uh, if I just bring those up, give me two moments. And what our passing completion rate was. As I said, we had most of the majority of the ball in the game and there was a lot of spells where we were having that. So our actual um, passing accuracy was 80.8%. And again, that's actually a bit higher than normal. Uh, normally, we'd, I think I've seen us down in the low dark depths of 50, 60% before. So the fact that we've got 80% is it's better than previous. It's better that way. Um, yeah, so on average, so far this season, our passing accuracy has been 75.8. So better than average uh, for this one, uh, for that game. Um, other stat, key stats-wise, uh, we're looking at, we had 13 attempts on goal, uh, at goal, I should say, not on goal, um, to Cincinnati's 11. Uh, we had five on target to their four. And the quality of the opportunities were 1.2 to 1.1 expected goals. So quite even on that side of things as well. And when you look at the actual passages of play and you break it down into that side of things, the majority of the second half, we were in control of the ball and in the game. Um, and when you look at how much we were in the opponent's half. So when we did have that, we had the advantage on that side of things as well. So we were, there was the effort there. Um, and I think going on to uh, Pamet's point there about being sloppy, it was the, it's a lot of the times where we got into the final third and we just didn't quite make that correct final pass. Um, Passes around the back of one thing, but passes in the middle and final third were a problem. Um, improved in the second half. I think the first half of the first half, that's where Cincinnati really controlled the game. But the last five, 10 minutes of the first half is where we actually started to look like we were doing it and looked like we were going to break break the deadlock on that. Um, and when you look at so the opportunities that we did have, uh, the majority of them came in, uh, were inside the box as well. So we were working our way in, but they're just not really clear cut chances. I think that's something that we need to work on is building those in. So whilst I agree with a couple of those points, Pamit, I think there's some things I think we probably should, we need to look at the bigger picture, really. Um, so moving on from that, um, the actual average position as well of the players was more attacking than Cincinnati as well. So you could see that I think once they got their second goal, they were happy to defend that, um, which is always a dangerous, dangerous thing to do with a two goal league. Because as soon as you concede one goal, then the nerves start twitching, the bum cheeks get a little bit squeaky. Um, and... I think we, again, it was one of those ones where I think we just ended up running out of time. On another day, I think we could have, we could definitely could have done, gotten a result out of this one. I don't, I think this one was there for the taking for sure. Um, and that's the one thing I really want to emphasize on as well is we've had, the, had that good streak, um, but there were against sides that we weren't, we would expect to be doing at least decent against. This one, the way Cincinnati had been playing, who were really on form, especially at home, was going to be a big old test. Um, and I think we did very well in that as well. I don't think we looked out of place too much. I think we did we did very well. Um, but there's always room for improvement. We all know that. Um, no doubt the attack has improved. The frustration is playing poorly in the first half and got behind. Had we started out better, we could have won this game. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that. And that's something that we've seen in the majority of our games so far this season. That first 20 minutes, we start off incredibly slowly um, and then we build into it. So if we are nil-nil after that first 20 minutes, 
now we know we can do something decent out of it. But yeah, if we do go go behind in that time, then we might start to struggle. So I'd like to see that change this weekend and we see a really good opening 20 minutes where we try and dominate the game and do a lot of attacking in those first 20 minutes. I think it's just, I don't know whether it's the style that really goes for in terms of trying to figure out what the opponent is doing and moving from that. So you can see that in the tactics that he's been using. He's looking at what the opponent is doing and trying to counter that rather than rather than them doing that to us, rather than them having to figure out what we're going to do and them reacting to us. So we seems like we're quite a reaction, reactive kind of team rather than being proactive, which works to a, to, to a point for sure. But I think we need to be a bit more proactive, especially at home as well. I think we need to really be a lot better at home in that aspect. Um, yeah, overall, I think this game was there for the taking. We could have done a lot better um, and we should have taken those chances in the first half that we did have in, these, in those last five, 10 minutes. We had three or four actual chances that we could have taken and we should have taken. Let's put it that way. So that's that game. Then we had the Open Cup game against uh, Rebels, which we didn't bid to play at home, which I find strange even saying that out loud because why should you need to bid to play at home? Surely that's just down to the draw. I mean, I might be thinking too simplistically about this and going from my experiences with English football, where the home team is the first team drawn out of the pot and the away team is the second team drawn out of the pot. But yeah. I find that very, very strange. I get it with clashes. I know that's one of the reasons why we didn't bid to play at home is because Spirit were playing home on Wednesday, Audi on Wednesday. Uh, I still find that weird. Why? Why? So, yeah, I think that's and something that Rooney had mentioned about, about the game on Tuesday night is the fact that Playing at a it's basically a university pitch. Now, I get it. These these games don't tend to draw the biggest attendances. But play a damn home stadium for crying out loud. I don't I, that is something that really frustrates me. You've got a stadium, just play at it. Um I just think so if the home team let's use a wild analogy here let's say a USL League 1 team is then ended up playing LAFC so the USL League 1 team is at home LAFC are the away team if they need to play at a bigger stadium then let them choose that but that kind of to me that kind of draws the magic away from the draw of the of the cup. And again, I think am, am I thinking too simplistically about this? Or am I just looking at this through rose tinted glasses, especially with things like the FA Cup? Um I I I don't know. I just find it very strange. The US Open Cup is supposed to be like the FA Cup in terms of prestige and things like that. But when you get uh, the MLS trying to dictate things like that, I just think that's a bit, a bit shoddy. I just think that I get, okay. What you're saying about opening the stadium, costing thousands and thousands of dollars, Three, four thousand attendance. Yes, I get that, but that happens in England. And yes, I know the money's not that aspect is not the same, but drawing attendance reduce the ticket prices. Give tickets away free at the local schools. 
try and bring in the attendance like that. Then you look at merchandise sales from that side of things rather than just from the ticket sales. Then you build up the audience, you build up new fans. Long game. So I don't I I think we most MLS clubs could take a hit from that by playing at the proper stadium. I, I, I don't I just don't agree with it. Um so but and then you look at the pitch pitches as well. So you had what us playing on a not exactly the best synthetic uh pitch. Um which meant that Rooney didn't want to risk the main players. So we ended up playing our B team. And because of that, uh, Red Bulls played them. Well, not because of that, but Red Bulls played their main team and they beat us 1-0. Which is kind of good to say because they only beat our B team 1-0. That's all they could do uh, with their A team. But yeah, um, I really just disagree with the way it goes down. Um, The Open Cup should be something that is looked on with a lot of pride. But it just doesn't seem to be so. You know, uh, problem for US soccer. There's been a lot of criticism from US soccer on how they promote the cup. It was difficult to even see the games. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one was better because it was on YouTube, which is great. I think that's a great way of doing it. It's incredibly modern. Um, I think that's how it probably should be if they want to get the cup promoted um, and reaching a wider audience is by doing it, thing, doing things like that. But yeah, I think there needs to be a, a huge rethink on how the cup is done. Um, and I get, and I get from the aspect of you've got your B teams for some of the MLS clubs um, not allowed to play each other. I get that from that side of things. So you need to be careful with the draws and things. But you know, no, that's that's how it is. Uh, Gab was really critical of US soccer and how they run the Open Cup it kicked off a big discussion and blow back to Garba said the Cup made the MLS Cups look bad yeah I, I, that's that's poor from Garba should not be saying things like that the MLS is the MLS that's completely separate to the Open Cup the Open Cup should be one of the one of those things that, again like I said before should be prestige behind it. There should be a lot of pride behind it. It's got, it's a cup with a lot of history. And maybe I should do an episode about the US Open Cup um, just as a separate side project because I think it might they'd be actually quite cool to look at the history of the US Open Cup because it's what over a century old it's been going, century it's been going for. Um, so um, let me know if you want actually something like that from my perspective as well, as well, uh, from an English perspective, what do I think of the U S open cup and how does that compare to cups, uh, from over here? So the cups that we have, um, if you don't know, is, so everyone kind of knows about the FA cup That's kind of a world worldwide prestige, famous tournament. Um, then we've got the league cup, which, differs year on year with its sponsorship. Um, I mean, we've currently, it's a cow called the Carabao Cup, but previously it's been like the Coca-Cola Cup, Worthington's Cup, um, Carlin Cup, among amongst others. Then we've got the League Trophy, uh, which is played between uh, League One and League Two teams. Uh, that really does give differ so often in terms of the sponsorships the I think it's the Papa John's trophy at the moment I might be wrong on that one um, but it's also been the Johnson's paint trophy the LDV Vans trophy this that and the other um, you then got the FA trophy which is for the National League and the National League North and South um, divisions and then I think those are the main trophies that we've got. So, yeah, I might actually look at it from that perspective and see how it would compare. Um, but as a direct comparison, it's going to be the FA Cup because, as rightly said, it is both open to pro as and for the FA Cup, semi-pro and amateur clubs. 
there's many qualifying rounds to get up to the, the first round proper. Um, and then it goes from there and teams enter in at different stages as well. Um, I think what I do actually enjoy um, it, or enjoy the the way it's done is the one of the French Cups where every single team joins in right from the very beginning. And it's this massive tournament. I think that's great. So you'd get likes of PSG playing that's like amateur team and stuff like that. I think that's that's a wonderful thing. So yeah, I might just have to do an episode about that. Look at the history of it and maybe just come up with what I would see being the ideal US Open Cup format. Yeah, I think I might just have to do that. But let me know if you want that. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, we. Sh- Ended up playing against Red Bulls with B team. We got beat 1 0. Um, not a great pitch to play on. Um, yeah. So we're no longer in that. No more extra games in, in that side of things. We lose out on a potential CONCACAF Champions League spot because of that. It is what it is. Um, there's no real worry about thinking back on it. We just got to concentrate on the league now. So there's that. So concentrating on the league. We've got Nashville this weekend. Nashville who are doing okay, shall we say. They're they're doing well in the league. Um, They're on some decent form at the moment. They've only lost one of their last five fixtures, but they've only won two and they've drawn two. So they've only managed to get eight points compared to nine, which is quite nice. Uh, when you look at the standings, uh, they're currently in third place in the East. Um, so we played Cincinnati, who were joint top last week. We're now playing a team who were just below them. So a really difficult couple of games that we're having in the league. Their away form at the moment is 1-1, uh, lost to drawn one. Um, so they're... Away form is, if you can quantify that into a word, but that's, um, so yeah, as I said previously, our uh, streak came to an end. Heads ahead wise for this one um, is we've only played each other four times in the league. We've not won this fixture yet. Nashville have won three and we've drawn once. Um, so bit, tricky on this one omens wise is not great but there's only four fixtures uh, Nashville have scored nine goals in those four fixtures uh, we've currently not won two games at home in a row so obviously the last home fixture which was two weeks ago now uh, we played Charlotte and we beat them 3-0 but we've not won two games in a row at home in just over 12 months so it's been a while since we've done that um, and that was New England and Houston. Uh, I just go back to the uh, Open Cup stuff there. Matt, uh, I think the US sports fan likes a big bracket, not a draw every round, March Madness style for the Open Cup. Okay. I'm not too afraid with what March Madness is and believe it's basketball. But um, I'll, have a, I'll have a little look into that um, so I can get a nice well-rounded um, feel for what could be done. Um, so, yeah, moving back to the Nashville game. Uh, Nashville's last fixture against Chicago, they attempted 30 shots. 30 shots. It's just crazy. Um, and then 25 of those were in the box. They know how to work the ball into the box. That's a scary thought. Um, and that is the most by any team since 2010. So in the last 13 years, no other team has had more than 25 shots in the box. I mean, it's crazy to think you'd get 25 overall. So like that, they got 30 and 25 of those are in the box. is just crazy. But we're good at blocking. So there's that. Uh, Taxi reached his 15th MLS goal last week. Uh, so that's good. 
And that was just in 28 matches. There's only ever been six players who've reached that milestone quicker for DC United. And in the last 15 years, only one player has done that quicker than Taxi has, and that was Wayne Rooney, who did it in 23. So, absolute fair play. Uh, well done, Taxi, for reaching that milestone already. Uh, Heine McDart has been involved in nine goals in the last six matches, so six goals and three assists. Um, but overall, only three other teams have scored more than nine goals in that time. So they are really on fire in terms of the uh, forward play. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. So Pamit absolutely hit the nose on the head. The key to Nashville is Mukhtar. He is their DP. Um, so trying to nullify his presence on the pitch is going to be the biggest win if we can do this. Uh, Zimmerman on set pieces. Yeah. Uh, Walker Zimmerman is a top, top player for them. He's He was one of one of the best signs they could have made when they came. Because I think he was uh, signed in the expansion draft, I want to say. I might have to, you might have to correct me on that one, but I believe that was the case. Um, Zimmerman is a top, top player. Um, but we've also got Donny Pines, who can uh, mark him out the, uh, out the game in terms of their set pieces wise. Uh, in terms of height and aerial presence, I think, that's probably a good good way of doing it. Um, our availability uh, for this weekend, so Birnbaum, Santos and Nahar are all sidelines, unfortunately. Um, but Ted KDP, um, he is back um, in training. He resumed training today. So we'll see whether he makes it for the weekend or not. And then Nigel Roberth is still out injured, so he's still recovering. Um, I'm going to have to look at Zimmerman now after that comment there. Uh, Zimmerman uh, actually no, let's not just put Zimmerman in let's put Walker Zimmerman to Nashville uh, I'm going to have to and so no sorry he wasn't part of the expansion draft um, excuse me for that one he was dra- uh, traded to Nashville uh, for up to one and a quarter million in GAM Um and that was so he signed when Nashville um, were expand were coming into play. So that is why and he scored um, the first goal in Nashville's history. So not the actual expansion draft, but he's signed as part of Nashville's roster building. So that's where I got that particularly wrong. Um, yeah, um, there you go. He is definitely a key key player. Um, but as mentioned, Hani Mukhtar as well. And they've also got two generation Adidas players and Jack Meyer and Joseph Skinner, both defenders. Um, Jack Meyer wears the number five shirt. Um, so for this weekend, uh, yeah, start for the US men's national team. He absolutely is. And he, he absolutely deserves that place. He's just, he's just great. I would love to see him in Europe. I think he would be a great player over here. I think whether he would be, he wouldn't be a top six Premier League player, I think, but I think any team below that, he would fit in very nicely. Or if he was going to be in the top six side, you'd have to have a strong presence next to him just to help him along. Um, but I think he's got, he's got a look good, good, uh, attributes to him um, especially from the aerial presence he is so good in the air I kind of want him in uh, in our team I think he would be fantastic uh, especially the way we look at the set pieces and we tend to win a lot of aerial duels as well so that's going to be one of the big things to look out for this weekend um, but yeah speaking of this weekend predictions uh, you would a lot be a lot better than Leeds tonight defenders I could be a lot better than a Leeds United defender right now, I think. Um, I don't think it would take much. And it pleases me to see that because I'm not a Leeds fan. I don't like Leeds in any way, shape or form. So I apologise if you're a Leeds fan, but I don't like Leeds. So what can I say? I kind of like them a bit when they start. 
when the American invasion was happening, but you know, that was only slightly. Still, I'm a Middlesbrough fan. There's a lot of hatred there. So how do you see Zimmerman and Benteke? It's going to be a really good matchup, that one. I, it's, I think what will happen is there'll be a lot of jostling. Um, I think Benteke will try and stand his ground a lot in this one, um, which he does anyway. But I think this one's going to be, he's going to have to work hard really hard to um, get that first touch into control because I think Zimmerman's going to be all over him. I think it's going to be spot on. I think we're going to see an ent- entertaining fixture this one. I think it, I would like to think there's going to be quite a few goals in this one. Um, but I think Banteke is, we're not, we're going to have to not rely on him. Um, to for our attack, because I think that matchup between him and Zimmerman is going to be so tough. I think we're going to need to avoid avoid it a lot. Um, we're going to need to utilize our wings a heck of a lot more. I think um, when you look at likes of Taxi, I think he's going to be a huge presence in this one in this game. The way he chases things down. Um, the pace he has, I think we need to see him and whoever's going to be playing on the left-hand side. That's how we're going to... I think that's our key aspect there. Uh, How far will Benteke move back in towards midfield to get the ball and try and pull Zimmerman out of position? I think that's... It's a good thing to look at as well. I think that's actually quite a nice way of putting it. Um, yeah, I think that's actually a good idea to have that there, but I think Zimmerman's probably clever enough to not fall into that trap. So it'd be good to see if that happens a couple of times, try it. But if it's not happening, move on to something else quickly because Bentec is then going to be out of the game from that aspect uh, rather than jostling up with their Zimmerman. I just think he needs to push Zimmerman around. Just like I said, make his presence known. Maybe he's tapped the ankle once or twice, pick up a yellow card for it, and then just play through it. Um, if Zimmerman's out, Taxi would have room to run through. Yeah, I know, 100%. If Zimmerman gets caught out of position, then we we will be through. But I think Zimmerman's quite clever for that. So let's not try and rely on that too much. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tricky game, this one. Um, Nashville scoring lots recently. Um, they've scored three goals in the last two games consecutively. Uh, Hani Mukhtar is a heck of a player. Um, as we've just been talking about, Zimmerman is a great uh, defender. But I'd like to think there's going to be goals in this one. My head, my head says a 2-2 draw. My heart wants a 3-1 win. I don't think there's going to be a clean sheet in this one. No way there's going to be a clean sheet in this game. But yeah. My head, 2-2. Heart, 3-1. What are your thoughts on this one? What what would you be predicting in this game? Um, If you listen to this after the fact, then please do um, tweet, tweet in or message me on Facebook, whatever. Whichever way you interact with me or drop a comment in the YouTube um, but yeah I've got to make a final decision but I don't think I'm going to do that I'll probably do that on Saturday when uh, when the game's coming up so you can ask me then um, but yeah as I said head says 2-2 heart says 3-1 yeah um, that's that for the preview I would love a win but I'm thinking 2-1 or 3-1 loss Yeah, I mean that that's also a real a realistic thing that could happen. Again, it's gonna be an interesting game. I'm really excited about it. Not just from the fact that we could really show how much we've improved, but actually just from a neutral perspective, I think this is gonna be such such a good watch. Um so uh, 
I hope I'm not bigging it up too much. But yeah, I'm really excited about this one. So, And I've been quite excited for each of the games so far um, this season, especially after that opening game against Toronto. I just think there's been something there that we've not seen for a, a long time and that never-say-die attitude. Um, you see everyone's everyone's playing for each other. Everyone's happy to run over, congratulate um, their colleague, their teammate. And when you see little things like when Jacob Green scored his first goal and the celebration behind that, it just kind of, it just warms my heart and makes me proud to support the club. So uh, Matt's coming in there with a 2-1 win. I would love that. A 2-1 win would be great. If you can match Nashville at the beginning, then we will have a chance because we are doing the better the longer the game goes on. Yeah. So if we can get in those first 20 minutes through through that unscathed, we've got a huge chance. But I would like it for us not to have to worry about those first 20 minutes. So wishful thinking, don't have to worry. But yeah, we need to get through those first 20 minutes. That's how long it takes for us to seem to warm up into these matches. So yeah, you're right. If we can match them in, in the opening stages, we'll be all right. Um, cool. Moving on to a question that was sent in um, by Victor um, over on Instagram. Um, this is going back into sort of the Open Cup territory. Um, so he asked, the club puts no effort into the Open Cup and it's frustrating. Fair or unfair? Um, and then this is going back. And I think this is more towards not just for this season, but the previous seasons as well. Um, I think when... When was it? When Chad was in charge? Um, no, it, was, it would have been last year. And the fact that we just threw the game. There was just literally no effort in that whatsoever. Um, yeah, it was just after Lasada got sacked. Um, there was just there's no effort in that. So I think from that perspective, yes, that's a fair thing to say. Um but from what Rooney was saying, and if you take that at, as gospel, then I would say it's a little bit unfair because you don't want to risk your main 11 on a pitch that could potentially cause injuries. And you've got to think about, look at, when you look at MLS as a whole, the travel aspect, there's so much traveling involved, so many different styles of pitches as well. Um, with different climates and things like that, then the toll that takes on the body is a lot more than what you would see in the Premier League, for example, where the furthest you travel by car is probably four or five hours max. And that's it. Or if you get in a flight, 45 minutes. So, and the climate is wet or a spot of sunshine followed by wet. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's fairness in what you're saying, Victor, but also I think the bigger picture says possibly a little bit unfair as well. Um, and I think it's fair to say that there's no effort put in because there's no effort from the whole thing as well. Um especially from the promotion side and how it's conveyed to the wider audience, but unfair from the other aspects as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. So open cup is regional. So the travel is much less. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you see that in the draws where they were put into different pots of three or four different teams. Um, and that was all regionalized. But again, the the league travel is where it is the is the killer bit. So you gotta look at that side. Um so yeah. Moving on to the final bit of the show, uh, which is the trivia time, the answer to the opening question. So if you weren't around, um uh, you um Nick, um Matt, um anyone else who's watching live uh for the first couple of minutes, the question was who scored the first MLS goal for DC Night against Nashville? So I'm just gonna give you guys just a little moment to think about that. Um and say who scored the first MLS goal for DC United against Nashville. Um, 
if you need a little clue, it was a game that uh, John Kempen was starting in goal for us. Um, so that's kind of the time that you're looking at. Um, he also conceded five goals in that game as well. So yeah, that was not. I just dropped my pen, so apologies for that. Um, so yeah, that was not a, a particularly good game for us, but one particular player who's still involved with the club, shall we say, um, scored this goal. And I'm just going to give you five more seconds of so five, four, three, two, one. The answer is Fred Brion. He scored the first DC United goal against Nashville in that 5-2 defeat. The other player who scored in that game was uh, uh, Golo Kamara when we were talking about the hype train back in those days um, when he scored, um, when he was joint top scorer in the league. So that was one of the highlights from that year. Um, Ola Kamara had a, such a good year. Uh, I think it was 19 goals he scored, tied with uh, Tati Castellanos. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's it for this week. So as mentioned uh, in the news at the start, um, Claudia will be joining us um, in a couple of weeks' time um, as a guest on the on the show. So keep your eye out for that one. I'm really look, excited to have her on the show again. Uh, but do, as I said before, make sure you subscribe to the channel, um, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that episode and go and check out uh, previous episodes with her. Uh, a lot of fun. She's just absolutely brilliant. So I'm really excited to have her back on. But yeah, that's it for this week. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, Pamit, uh, Matt, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you in the chat. Enjoyed it. Um, yeah, thank you. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's it for this week. Let's hope next week we get back onto the win streak, start off a new win streak because we can do it. So yeah, until next time, Vamos United. Tell them talk to Cali for the quote. All record, all record eyes still want to act, not the ghost.